This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Welcome. Or should yes. I say, welcome back. Yes. Welcome back to Line Dance Podcast. Uh, we did a, a round one a little while ago at Crane Creek Regional Park that got utterly pummeled by the wind. Uh, so at some point, maybe we'll be posting that that episode. We got a lot into your uh, your history, your backstory. Uh, first of all, what is your name? Uh, Jeffrey Goodwin. All right. And uh, what is it that you do within the line dance community? Um, I, I t- teach line dancing, and I also DJ, uh, play music for uh, country dancers when they come to the clubs. All right. Now, uh, we spoke at length uh, the last last time you came out for, uh, for one of our sit-down chats. Uh, yes. And mostly we covered, uh, you know, your history in line dance and uh, you know, how you got started and mm-hmm. what's, what's important uh, in what it is that you do in the present. Uh, one of the things I'd like to look at is uh, looking forward into okay. the future of line dance. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to really d- dig into that. Uh, so I guess one of the, th- the first questions I'd like to ask you is what is at the heart of line dance that's different from other activities, like what's what's the essence of it that separates it from being you know, salsa or waltz or you know, uh, other forms of partner dancing, uh, as well as what what separates it from just being club dancing, where everybody's doing a bunch of stuff you know all at the same time, but it's all different. Um, some of these questions I might actually go back a little bit and just to kind of full circle mm-hmm. and bring it forward to kind of where I think that it's going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that country dancing is different than those other types of dancing is because uh, one it's it has a low entry level as far as uh, being able to learn how to do it mm-hmm. uh, it's something that you can some of these dances you can actually learn right on the spot uh, you can watch somebody do it and then you can jump in and do it where you know salsa you could do some of that but you would really need to take a class to really understand the the movements of salsa and the embodiment and the whole history of behind it of why you have to move your body certain ways and uh, I'm, not, I'm not speaking from experience from that, of course, just from, from my experience of how I've been exposed to it and how I've seen it. I've seen a lot of it from the different parties that I've done. And uh, there's, there's a different style to salsa uh, versus country versus hip-hop, even hip-hop dancing. I took a hip-hop dancing class a while back, and it was very challenging coming from being a line dancer because as a line dancer, it's, it's more of a, you know, it's steps that you're taking mm-hmm. and you're following those steps and they're they're in like a four count box or a three count if it's a waltz and with hip hop dancing it's completely different than that it's more of more body movements mm-hmm. and so i had a really hard time they were calling me stiff a lot because mm-hmm. i was you know so used to you know doing the moves like military style and so it it helped me actually loosen up a little bit and actually improved my country dancing because of uh, now being more fluid with the body movements, which I think is now being taught more today. Uh, it seems like more instructors are taking it beyond just the steps. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're also taking it beyond just you know whatever song's popular. Let's just choreograph a line dance to it. What I'm noticing now is that they're finding a song that has a feeling that just takes over. And they're writing the music, the steps, and the hand movements to fit the parts of the song. So it's more of an acting out rather than just, 
you know, 32 count dance. Mm -hmm. It's like it's got a tag A and a tag B and, you know, a whole another section that they're adding. Because recently I was looking at a step description mm -hmm. for this, uh, this dance and it said 32 count line dance. But then it had two 16 count tags. So technically it's a 64 count line dance mm -hmm. when you think about it because you have your 32 counts that you learn and you do that three times and then you do a 16 count tag and you go back to your 32 and then you're doing another 16 count tag. So it's actually more than 32 counts. So at first you're like, okay, well, this is it's only a 32 count dance, it's easy, but then when you get into it you realize, oh, it's got all these extra parts. So there's two ways to look at it. You can be like, oh, this, you know, this is deceiving or hey, this makes it more fun because they've added this extra step to it that makes more sense when you get to it where it goes along with the words of the song where they're, you know, they're stomping their feet or moving their arms a certain way. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's evolving more to a more creative state where before when it was just, you know, everyone was teaching dances, they were just, you know, getting dances out as fast as they could. It seems to be more on the creative side to me. Mm. How, uh, one, of, one of the things that I've been looking at lately is uh, how you would express certain emotions that come up in the music with movement uh, because like there, there would there would be some people who might say uh, oh there's no wrong way to dance like you can you can put this step in there just as easily as this one but it, it feels uh, wrong during like a really punchy part of the music to put in like an eight count hold so there are ways it feels like that that seem wrong uh, for expressing uh, what the what the song wants to say and like how you would tell that story. So um, it, going in the other direction, how does one find the best fit f uh, for moves with music? Because uh, it, it seems like it, it currently is just something you you get. You know, it's just like this intuitive thing that you get from five years or ten years or however many years of dancing. Is there any way to to kind of shortcut that for somebody who is an aspiring choreographer, but all they've got under their belt right now is grapevines and shuffles. How would you um, how would you dig deeper into what's possible with human motion to tap into human emotion? Feel, feeling mm -hmm. the music, um, I think would be more uh, something that they could go for. Uh, just you know, letting letting it go, letting it all happen. You know, letting the what some people would say the universe kind of take over mm. and you know just kind of let it flow because it's already there the creative state everybody has a, a creative uh, state inside of them already they just need to be able to learn how to release that mm -hmm. some people it's easier than others because it just depends on their background what they've already done um, how many how much they've been exposed to different things um, but everybody has the ability to have a creative something creative if it's not uh, choreographing the dance, it's being able to dance it and add something to something that's already there. Mm -hmm. um, when you go to nightclubs, you'll see that first row of people. Those are all the advanced dancers. They're throwing in the extra moves. And I've always said to everybody that I teach and then also people that, I, that I'm talking to that uh, it's never a mistake in line dancing. It's always just a variation. Mm -hmm. There's always some way that you can improve something that's already happened. And that's been proven through time over just about anything that you look at. 
if there's something that's already exists, there's always a way to make it better. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And just recently on Facebook, I, I saw somebody uh, who was teaching a dance. Dis uh, she how she described. It? She said she. Um, Somebody else pointed out, oh, well, during this part, I think in the step sheet it says to do this, but you instead did this like more basic thing. And she said, yes, she, she took a step back to make it more, uh, more vanilla than it already was written so that people could fill in that space with their own creation, with whatever variation they wanted, mm -hmm. uh, which was interesting. I hadn't, I hadn't seen uh, that backwards movement uh, before going back forwards. Uh, in dance instruction before. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also, um, it seems like a balance that needs to be struck between dances that are too complicated, because some people don't want to learn like an amazing, artistic, perfect dance that's like 128 counts. Uh, but then if you simplify it too much, if you just do 32 counts in it, or even 24 or fewer, and that's just repeating, 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 then you can also lose interest in it and just be mad by the time you're done. Like, this, this could have been so much more. How do you find that balance between telling the story um, with complexity and also making sure it's simple enough for people to actually want to learn and not seem inaccessible? Um, I think that that really depends on the person um, and their, their skill level mm -hmm. and where they want to go, personally, because some people might like just the 16 counts to, to repeat over and over again. It's a good entry level for somebody that's also learning. But somebody like yourself or somebody like me that's been dancing for a long time and they're, they thrive on it and they're going to different places and they're learning different styles from different people, they're, you know, they're, they're wanting to feed that animal and make it more uh, creative. And so there's, there's, you know, there's ways to do that just by pretty much what you're doing. You know, you're pretty much a pioneer, at least in these age, where you're traveling around to these different clubs, and you're you know you're seeing what you what the pulse is of country dancing. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the first time that I've said that to to several people. They're like, you know, who's this Chris guy? I said, Chris knows. If you want to know about dancing and what's going on, he knows the pulse, especially in the state of California, of what's going on with line dancing because you've been everywhere, and you and you talk about it and you express it and you're making lists and you're showing people these are the dances that this club is doing and these are the dances that this club is doing and they're similar to this but then these are different and then you're bringing those dances like from Southern California up here to Northern California and I'm sure you're doing the same thing when you're down there you're sharing the dances that we're doing up here so it's kind of creating this whole new environment that eventually will catch on and people are going to start teaching those dances because it's new, it's fresh, because mm -hmm. they're just like us. They're like looking for something new and exciting. So they see something like that. Oh, this is a new dance. Even though it's been around 10 years up here, it's new to them. Mm -hmm. So something that's new to somebody else can be, you know, something that just creates this whole new genre of excitement mm -hmm. that brings back to another level. Um, I think that country music is more popular today than it ever has been. You know, back in 94 when, when we were working the clubs and there was a club on every street corner like a pizza place, it was like great that they were all out there, but country wasn't as popular back then. You know, it was always, a, it was always a, an uphill battle to say, you know, country is cool, come check out country music, it's fun, it's, you know, we were trying to sell the idea. 
now it's country music is everywhere. It's on crossover radio stations. You know, it's it's all over the charts. You know, on, at parties, people are requesting country music. It's made this huge crossover to where you know it's kind of a rock country sound, and that has. I think elevated the possibility for line dancing to even be bigger than it ever has been before. And everybody's like, "Oh, you know, it'd be great if it was like it was in, you know, back in the you know '90s or the early 2000s." But country music has evolved. It's come into its own. It's now cool. Where before it was, it was fun, but people weren't looking at it as cool. They were like, "Oh, you know, that's that country twangy stuff." It's it's not like that anymore. So I think that that's really going to help the industry and people like yourself that are out there and promoting it and talking about it and, and you know, having a podcast like this that kind of gives it a different light on the exposure to somebody else that's like, you know, I'm looking for something to do that's fun, that's social. This is the perfect remedy for that because it's more than just country music now too that I'm noticing a lot of the uh, real big dance instructors that are touring everywhere all over the world, they're doing more than just country songs. They're writing music to pop songs because it still has that same flow and that same feel. And it makes it fun. So you're getting more than just you know country people, but then you're also getting the country. Mm. There's a, a, another sort of conflict I've been looking at as far as going forward and into the future. Um, with how line dance is presented, I find that for some people, country, just even the idea of country, uh, can be polarizing. And uh, in, the, in the talk that I had with my grandma uh, about her history with line dance, she mentioned how when she started, she's like, oh, that's, that's a bunch of redneck stuff. It's a bunch of hick stuff. I don't sure. That's not interesting to me. So country can turn people off. Dance can also turn people off because they think, oh, I'm not a dancer. I don't dance. Uh, I'm I'm cool, you know. I'm whatever that that doesn't dance. Uh, but it seems like there's so much good at the heart of line dance, uh, and one of the things that I, I feel like set, sets it apart is the connection and friendship aspect that it facilitates. Mm-hmm. And dance is a way into that, and the country music is a way into that. But it seems like line dance is never never shown to people as you know, a friendship maker or a connection maker. It's, it's the focus on the peripheral things. Uh, however, also people wouldn't necessarily want to be told on some flyer, uh, you know, make friends, and then parentheses, line dance. Like, uh, they, they're accustomed to seeing the hats and the boots and the, mm-hmm. the girls and the tie-up tops and whatever. Uh, but I feel like that's, that's less the focus uh, that I would want to, to spotlight than like the friendship part of it and the connection part of it. Um, so how would you try to communicate that aspect of it to people without making them feel all mushy-gushy, oh, it's a bunch of, you know, let's all hug and sing kumbaya stuff. Because <laughs> like, yeah. sometimes it can feel like this amazing, meaningful thing that you're showing up to on a Thursday or a Saturday night, and you, never, you don't know how to tell that to people. But it, is, but it isn't that. So mm. It isn't the hugging and the kumbaya. Right. So, so by comparing it to that would be actually doing a disservice because mm-hmm. people would be like, oh, I, I don't want to do that. Right, so, yeah. You know, so I'm a heathen. I'm not into that, you know, mm-hmm. so whatever. I mean, it's just, you know, I think, I think the best thing to do is nothing. You know, it's getting the exposure. 
that's the hidden bonus mm -hmm. that you're talking about mm -hmm. is you know getting the friendships and you know when you get a bunch of people into a room that don't know each other mm -hmm. they they're afraid to you know walk around and talk to people that's just it's common that's just you know, it's a common fear everyone has this fear of oh that person's not going to like me or that person's going to make fun of me or you know I'm not feeling good today so I don't want to put myself out there but I'm just here mm -hmm. because I was forced to be here or someone told me to be here. Or I just wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. So that's the hidden bonus is getting that friendship. When you have a bunch of people in a room, and I see it a lot with when I do these um, country nights, is they don't know each other, but then by the end of the night, that's what's happening is they're all you know, exchanging Facebook names and phone numbers and hugging each other and saying, oh, this is cool, we should do this again. That's that hidden bonus that happens. The, da the dancing part is what brings them together. Mm -hmm. They all come over for a common reason because I saw a flyer that said, try something new, line dancing. Mm -hmm. So they came in, exposing themselves for that, that three seconds of braveness that they, that, they, that they had, that three seconds of courage that they had to, to get into that room. And then they took the line dance, and wow, this was fun. Mm -hmm. That's what brought them together. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going to keep them coming back. So I think not changing anything is the way to do it, is just to keep promoting it mm -hmm. and keep encouraging people, hey, come, come try something new. Line dancing is fun. Mm -hmm. If you, if you uh, sell it enough times, they're going to try it. What has to be in place, though, is when they come, all those elements have to be there. True. There has to be you know, a good DJ in place. There has to be music that is... you know learnable and teachable and has to be a good instructor that can you know take them through and and have it be a fun experience for them and so that way they had a good time mm -hmm. so it's not like oh this is and I knew it was going to be like this I'm not going to come back mm -hmm. it has to be a fun atmosphere already set up and for the most part it is in most of the places that I've been it's not like you know well this place needs work it's like most of the time the genuine uh, effort has been made mm -hmm. with the atmosphere being created. I have been a couple places where the music was just some Spotify playlist mm -hmm. and the music that was selected was country, but there were no line dances to it. And they weren't yeah. even of a line dance tempo. So a person who went out to that venue thinking, okay, I'll try this line dance thing, they would probably be pretty disillusioned. They'd be like, I don't know why my friend is into this. How would you suggest setting up that environment? You mentioned a few things, you know, having the DJ and all that. Uh, are there any like uh, activities that could be done, like icebreakers or anything like that, uh, that would really get people to interface and not just be in the, the room? The near line each other? dancing is the icebreaker, hmm. and just keeping you know it real simple at first, and knowing knowing who your audience is. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a place that I do in Nevada that the audience is beginners, mm -hmm. people that have never been exposed to this before. They were told to come, check it out, it's fun. They wanted to do something social, get out of the house, do something different. They tried it, they like it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they've never done it before. So it's just like a kid, just a little kid, like for the first time seeing line dancing. And I have to rewind myself every time I'm there and, and think back to what it was like the first time that I was exposed. Mm -hmm. And not be like, oh, well, you know, these people, they don't know anything. And then have the wrong attitude. and and that would be unfair to them, disservice to them. Mm -hmm. And that's more comes from a customer service part of, of side of things and uh, having those types of experiences of being 
uh, knowing what that's what that's about. You know, the customer has to have the good experience. Um, you know, just last night I was at a a, a Christmas party for a company. It was a, it was a winery, and the owner had was stood up and on the microphone he was talking to his employees and he was saying, you know, our effort is we can always hire average people, but we don't want average people working for us. We want people that go the extra mile because we want every single customer that walks through our door to have that experience. It doesn't matter if they spend $10 or they bought 15 cases of wine. We want every single customer to have the same exact experience because they're going to go home and they're going to tell somebody else about their experience. And if, if that person turns around and comes back and brings more people next time, then they did their job right. Mm -hmm. And I feel that's the same way with line dancing. If you create an atmosphere where you're making a night or a club for people to come to or even a dance studio where you're teaching you know, different lessons every week, you want to create that atmosphere that's going to want them to come back. And it goes beyond just the making the money. Yeah, the, money, the money's nice. It's, you, know, that's, you can make money anywhere. That's the way I look at it. I can, make, I can go make thousands of dollars somewhere else. I do this because I like doing this. I enjoy it. It gets me connected to people. It gets me uh, meeting new people, you know, learning different things, challenging myself, and, and just giving somebody else that experience that I know is good. And I want to pass that on. You mentioned uh, or you describe friendship as the hidden bonus. And I guess that's the, the thing that I'm wondering um, whether it needs to stay hidden. Like, it seems like there are, okay, if we take the stereotype of guys, for example, like how guys are not good at taking hints. Like, guys don't know if a girl is interested because they have to come up to the guy and shake him and say, I am interested in you, before the guy will be like, oh, I think she, she might be interested in <laughs> Like, they, they won't know uh, from things like come out, it's fun, or uh, dancing you know, at this place draws a lot of people like people don't always make that mental leap between a lot of people in one room and me being there means I might meet all of the people who are there mm -hmm. but that's what they want like they they're doing other things they're doing solo activities at home um, they don't they don't consider themselves a dancer yet and they don't consider themselves into country music yet and it really does take somebody to drag them in before they will have that friendship experience uh, but is there any way to communicate to them, obviously, but not um, mushy-gushily, that this is a place where you can meet other people? Like, is there any clever or roundabout way that still communicates the message? You want to meet people. Everyone wants to make connections. You want to have something to look forward to every week. This is that place. <laughs> Please come here. You will have a great time. That's not the message I see in the flyers currently, but I feel like if there was some way to, to say that, that would get to the heart of it. And then people would be like, oh, that's why I should go. Not because of the country, not because of the dance, but because it's giving me something I really do want and have been trouble finding, and have been having trouble finding. That's the job of the many promoters mm. that, that get created over time. Mm -hmm. When you get... The people that come and have a good time, somebody like yourself or people that, that come in and they really have a good time, they're going to go tell two friends. Mm -hmm. And then those two friends are going to go tell two friends. And they're going to sell it. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is a great place for you to meet some guys. 
this is a great place for you know to for you to come you know hang out with some girls and do like maybe you could create a girls night you know they're going to do the extra selling that the flyer cannot do the flyer is just a one dimensional just piece of paper that kind of is the lost leader to get people to come in the door mm-hmm. it's the promoters that make it actually happen and having good promoters you know I, I have friends that I contact purposely because I know that they promote mm-hmm. and that I use them to help me promote my night because I know that they're going to talk about it more than I can talk about it because I could talk to somebody until they were just rolling their eyes back because they're just like oh yeah of course you know you're great you're you know a dance instructor or you know you you're doing it because you're trying to get paid you know, that's my, I, I might be thinking that that's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Where if somebody else has no financial connection to it at all, goes and makes a promotion for it that has no connection to it, they're going to listen to them more than they're going to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm aware of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I purposely have friends that I know are really good at promoting, just naturally at promoting, even when there's no financial gain for them because that's just what they like to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes the night successful. And also the location itself. If it happens to be in a bar, mm-hmm. getting the bartender and the managers and the people that, cut, that, that seat the people at the, at the restaurant, getting them to also promote it is where it's going to be successful. Mm-hmm. Any club that I've ever worked at, whether it's country music, karaoke, you know, um, hip-hop, whatever it is, if the staff is behind it, it's always successful. If the staff is not behind it, it's, an, it's a challenge to get people in the door. Have you ever seen incentive programs work for this sort of thing? Because uh, one of the things I noticed that, like, uh, what would you say, like web web design uh, or, or even, like, email send-outs uh, will include is something called an action button, mm-hmm. meaning it seems like the obvious thing to do when you enjoy thing, a thing is to just go out and tell friends about it because that's, you know, what, what you'd want to do. But until you put that big button on there that says, you know, click this button uh, to, to send this out to your friends or whatever until you put something like that or on YouTube videos it seems silly like well there's the like button you know there's the subscribe button they people are not uh, born yesterday they know that these things are on YouTube but you still have to tell them you absolutely tell them to click this tell them click that you do otherwise it won't happen is there anything that you've seen be really successful as far as telling the the bartender telling the the staff uh, where you know if you if you bring in a friend you know maybe this will happen so this positive incentive will happen. Well, bartender is easy. You just tell them you know the more people that are in here, the more tips you're going to make. <laughs> True. It's really easy to get a bartender to promote because it's like oh yeah I get that the light goes on. Mm-hmm. You know um, the other people it's it's more of of a uh, just you know the the hospitality person it's technically their job to do that. Mm-hmm. So so reminding them that in in a positive light is is a great way to do that. Where you're just like you know, hey, you know, you know, this is going to be fun, and we're trying to make it all work, and you know, help us out, and then you know, everyone will have a good time, and you know, it's job security. You know, the more people that come, the more money the bar makes. The longer the bar stays in business, the longer you have a job. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's more of an incentive like that, and you can also talk to the manager, and the manager is willing to run a contest for the employee that brings the most guests. Hmm. You know, we'll get like a free dinner or free tickets to a movie. You know, sometimes they'll do that as well. Hmm. I like those. This makes sense. Let's see. We're going to take a quick pause here. I've got sure. some additional questions for you Great. Uh, in just a moment. And we are back. Sweet. The, uh, the video 
has paused, it seems, on our recording device. So we're going to continue straight audio. Great. Uh, so one question I had as far as uh, you, were, you were discussing earlier um, about how choreographers are going a lot more toward pop and how uh, you know, there will be a new dance more frequently. There's another area where maybe there, there could be balance because uh, it does seem like there's a really rapid turnover. It's harder to create something classic that just continues at a venue for years the way, you know, I don't know if there could be another good time or, or a watermelon crawl or tush push at this point because a new song will come out, people will want to learn that dance, and then the next month, suddenly it's passe. Like before you'd have maybe like a six month window, but now there are, all, there are already songs coming and going um, you know, within a month long frame. And these are really good dances too. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is it just an inevitable thing? Uh, what is your opinion of the change in turnover rate? I think it works both ways. It's good for both the beginners and the advanced dancers. Mm. Uh, for the advanced dancers, it's obvious because then it just gives them something fresh and new to learn all the time. Mm -hmm. And the new dancer, it gives them a variety of something to choose from instead of just, you know, oh, you know, learn the boot scoot and boogie first. It's like, no, go learn this new dance that just came out yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then you'll be like everybody else. Oh, okay, cool. You know, instead of be like, oh, well, I have to you know, learn all these basic dances first before I can graduate myself into the intermediate and then maybe graduate myself into the advanced. Mm -hmm. I think it gives them an easier entry level for someone that's new. Mm. They would just, you know, say, oh, this is a beginner's dance. Okay, great. You know, then the person that's never done it before can learn something new and it's actually, maybe it's a song that they actually like because mm. it's on the radio. Mm -hmm. So they're not like, well, I don't want to learn, you know, the, the tractor song because I don't even know what that is. Mm -hmm. You know, that was 96. You know, this person doesn't even know, never even heard that mm -hmm. song or that artist before. So they have no interest. So mm -hmm. now it's more of a, well, you got to learn this stuff because it's new. You know, it's, it's, it's taking it beyond the whole karate kid kind of, technique where they have to learn all these basic stuff first before you can actually start dancing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's also important to, to, as a beginner dance instructor, if you're teaching beginner line dances, to also teach some of those basic common things that you follow on the dance floor. As far as not rules, but just courtesy type things, like being aware of your space and not bringing drinks on the dance floor and you know, if you're doing a two-step, that, you know, two-steppers around the outside are advanced ones, and the ones on the kind of the inner lane is more for beginning, if they're working on some turns or what have you. And also sharing the dance floor with dancers on the outside and line dancers in the middle, actually giving that room and space to be able to do that. And listening to the DJ and having a good DJ that knows how to call dances properly and not just, you know, play a song and say five, six, seven, eight, or not even count it, and just play a song, and there's a bunch of people out there, and these people are trying to do this line dance, and then there's a bunch of people over here in a different section trying to do another line dance, and there's somebody else trying to do a West Coast swing, and they're slamming into each other, and it just, it just that's what it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with creating that right environment. And, you know, I think that's 
also an important part of it is teaching that and then having like that ongoing so it just becomes common knowledge the best clubs that I've seen actually have diagrams set up plus they're also talking about it so they talk about it and there's a diagram that says this is where the line dancers dance and this is where the two-steppers dance hmm. and cahoots used to do that and uh, I know Kodiaks did it for a while uh, but we got away from it but, but uh, yeah I think that would be great too is also teaching the philosophy mm-hmm. of the common courtesy that goes on it's one of those things that seems like it's obvious when when you're there all the time but when when somebody's completely new to this they do kind of just have to be just bopped over the head with like here are the exact things that uh, are, seem implicit for everyone else but that we can describe to you in detail yeah start asking people they'll say I don't know what you're talking about because mm-hmm. they've never been told that mm-hmm. and any club that goes that you walk into like you know what's your What's your common courtesy rules? They'd be like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Like, we got, you know, someone's handing over the beer. You know, it's like, it just doesn't work. And it's not things that you want to be like, you know, this is the rules and this is the way it has to be. It's more of a, you know, creating that right atmosphere so people will want to come back. Mm-hmm. There's a place to drink a beer. It's just not on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Don't care where you're at, even if it's a hip-hop club. It shouldn't be on the dance floor. If you need your drink that bad, then you shouldn't be there. You should be at home and sit in front of the TV, you know? It's my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those um, also examples of how it can be hard to articulate what creates uh, an ambiance or, or an environment of like being able to escape from reality. Uh, it's hard to know exactly what puts you into it, but you can definitely tell what takes you out of it. And I've seen little placards um, in some... Well, mostly I've seen it online and less in person, but there, there are things that uh, show like the picture, the icon of a cell phone and then a big no smoking sort of a thing slashed through it. And underneath that, it'll say, no, uh, no mobiles on the dance floor, it kills the mood. And it does. Like when people are out there and they're like, oh yeah, 100% totally you know, blowing through the lights and the sound and everything. And then the guy next to them is like looking, tapping, tapping away their, their super important message. Like it... It's such a harsh contrast for the eyes, you know, to see that that um, that lack of enthusiasm, present awareness, and like being there in the moment. Uh, that it really does help to have a placard that says, "Please don't do this," because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't help. Uh, the drinks on the dance floor, same thing. You know? It uh, to to some people they might not think about it because, as you say, you know, they wouldn't even know that that is a thing uh, that some people don't do. But at the places where they don't do it, the ambiance is great and the environment is great. People are there for dance and sound and, and lights. Damn, it, the cell phone has just become this this thing that it's, it's just a bad habit that people have created over time. Where if you snap them out of it, remind them, oh yeah, 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 that's stupid. Why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just become one of those things. That just becomes the norm. Right. It's easier to tune out and be on your phone because you're not realizing your environment that's around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it at concerts all the time. People are like, sitting there taking videos and pictures and posting it on Facebook, and, but you're missing the whole experience while mm-hmm. you're there. It's like this person's singing from stage. You can just be watching it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And as somebody who sees people's recordings on Snapchat, like in their Snapchat stories where it's like every 10 seconds, it's another 10 seconds of that person's song, I never 
ever listen to any of them. <laughs> and I, I don't know if there are people who do watch those stories. Maybe, maybe like in the heat of the moment, you're like, oh, I'm going to share this with everybody. I can't believe I'm here. This is such a great experience. I want to share it with all my friends. But like, as somebody on the other end who's, who's seen the person post it, that, I, that has no interest for me. It doesn't make me feel like I'm mm-hmm. there. Uh, it seems loud. The acoustics are not meant to be picked up by cell phones in the audience. And I just skip through them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's one thing if they're like, there's a bunch of friends and they take a little selfie and they say, hey, I wish you were here. Mm-hmm. And they're sending it to you because they wanted you to come. That's different. Mm-hmm. But, you know, trying to do what you're saying where they're trying to post a 10-second clip of the concert makes no sense because mm-hmm. it's not going to put you in that place. You're not... The only thing that's going to put you there is, is if you're there yourself. Mm-hmm. And here's uh, something I actually haven't seen in a little while. I, I'm thinking the venue that I went to where this happened uh, may have changed their policy. But I have been to one place where they they didn't allow recordings of dancers on the dance floor. And if they saw you recording, they would ask you to put your phone away. And I guess in some ways that uh, might allow the people on the dance floor to feel more free because they mm-hmm. don't have to feel like they're being observed and judged. Um, on the other hand, it can be hard for people who are trying to learn a dance to know how to describe that when they go home. Be like, well, they did kind of a shuffly, kicky thing. I don't, hard to remember. There were so many that I saw. One leads into the next. So in that sense, uh, recording me good. But on the other hand, uh, it can kind of take a person out of being there. Uh, in our last talk, you mentioned how there are things that you could get away with uh, at a venue, like dressing up a certain way or acting a certain way that you just can't do anymore because somebody's got their phone out, they're recording it, and now everybody sees it. True. And it's a privacy issue, too. Yeah. You know, the privacy issue is definitely breached. Mm-hmm. When, you know, before it was someone taking a picture with their camera, or now they're taking the video with their phone and uploading it to Facebook seconds after it happened. Mm-hmm. So that that ability to do something crazy that may be questionable, you start questioning whether you want to do it or not. Mm-hmm. People aren't able to release themselves and really have that good time mm-hmm. without you know putting their phones down and just enjoy the moment, and then explain it to somebody. Tell them, oh, this is what we did. This you know, it, you become a better storyteller if you don't have your phone as as a crutch. True, makes people feel like they missed something if there's no way for them to see it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you should have been there. Yeah, one of the worst things that ever happened in, as far as technology goes is we, they had this thing called a bar cam. It was an app that mm-hmm. came out. It was probably... Oh, yeah, barspace.tv. Barspace. I saw that at uh, Kodiak's toward yeah, the end. Yeah, one of the worst things that ever came out. It was a great idea, a great concept, but it, was, it did the opposite of what it was supposed to do, and now no one's using it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the idea, the concept made sense. It was like, hey... I don't know which club to go to. You know, let's check out this club. Oh, there's nobody there. Okay, let's not go to that club. Okay, oh, oh, there's nobody there either. Let's not go to that club either. Oh, this club's packed. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. But now, that club is packed and they're having a good time. But somebody may do something where you know a fight breaks out or you know the they're like you know taking their top off or whatever. Something happens. Now that's posted all over the internet. For everyone to see through a security camera, but it still was there. Mm-hmm. So now there's privacy issues going on. There's possibility of being sued, and I think that it did more of a disservice because there was no curiosity of what the inside of the club looked like anymore. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I could just look at camera one, camera two, camera three. Oh no, we don't want to go there. Okay, well, that club was cool. Thirty minutes after that picture was taken, 
there was a bunch of people in there, but they never saw it because they never gave them the chance. Mm -hmm. The line outside to get in, they, they didn't get themselves in, create the atmosphere. Because even looking at the picture, it still doesn't give you a good, you know, maybe the camera angle is off and everybody's dancing over here. You mm -hmm. didn't see it. Yeah, just outside the, the field of vision of the camera. Yeah, I, I thought that was horrible that that, when that came out. I was like, this is, like, it's going to kill our business. Mm -hmm. And it did. People stopped going because they were like, oh, there's nobody there. So they went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. The places that didn't have the cameras were always the best clubs because no one knew what it was like. In a way, that sort of relates to uh, a question that I had about um, distribution, like how, how dances should be distributed. Uh, you know, worldwide, it seems like it creates sort of a feedback loop where, like, let's say there's, you know, there's however uh, the baseline is, you know, fifty percent or whatever uh, of you know, popularity. If if a dance gets a little more popular than that, whether it's good or bad on its own merits, whether it you know expresses the music well, uh, if it's popular then maybe people will look at that and say, well, it's slightly more popular than the others, so I guess we'll teach that one. Now it's a little more popular. And then other people look at that and say, oh, wow, it's like 60%, da-da-da. Like, I better take that one, too. So then you've got all these people teaching this dance, not even looking at you know, the six or seven other options, one of which might have been like way better for capturing that song, uh, but because it's all quantified and uh, you know, it's got a certain number of stars or well maybe that stars stars views, are more of a quality maybe. but yeah views on like copper knob or something that might just be a product of somebody having a lot of followers on facebook like whether or not it says anything about the step sheet being good uh you know who's to say but like if people don't look at all of the dances that are out there before they choose one to teach they might not, they might be doing their their uh, class a disservice by teaching them one that you know eh, yeah it's okay but it's just a bunch of grapevines we're going to forget it next month and no one's going to care as opposed to giving it that chance to really uh, thrive if it's a good one that people want to learn and want and get excited about and share with their friends. Uh, so like on the one hand, you, you have that, that ability to distribute based on uh, you know, getting it out to a lot of eyes, but how would you look at it the other way and, um, and encourage people to really sit down with the different options that are there and not just base it on the numbers? Um, I I have a really hard time deciphering a line dance from a step sheet. Mm -hmm. um, I love the 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 YouTube aspect of of the line dancing, and you know, and you've taken it a step further with the three hundred and sixty, which is really amazing too. But uh, watching a, somebody do a dance mm -hmm. makes more way more sense to me to learn it to then teach it to somebody else than to try and decipher it from a step sheet. Because the way that it's written, I might, you know, not catch it the exact way that they were intending it to be, mm -hmm. and I may teach it wrong because of that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the step, step descriptions are a great reference point after you learn the dance to kind of remind you about the steps, but I don't think it's a great way to learn mm -hmm. how to how to do a dance from a step sheet alone. I agree. I, I prefer videos myself, but the same thing applies with videos where. Uh, and I can give a somewhat vague example of this uh, regarding a Luke Bryan song uh, that came out, I don't know what, sometime maybe this summer, just earlier this year. Uh, the tempo of the song is kind of slow uh, compared to his other songs. And so one of the more popular dances that was set to this song 
is kind of slow as well. Mm -hmm. I have never done it all the way through because I look at it and every time I see it, as popular as it seems to be, this particular dance, I just don't want to do it. It's so slow. And like there are parts of it where your leg is it's hanging in the air and then it comes back down. And you're like, that's not even a step. That's just moving your leg and then it lands. However, there have been other dances I've seen set to this song that are a little quicker and uh, have a little more excitement to them, but they're not difficult necessarily. How, how could the, um, the person who made that dance stand on the same um, level as the other dance and get that in front of as many eyes when the other one has so much more momentum? It seems like everybody's doing, anywhere I go, when that song plays, they're doing the slower one and they don't even know that the other one exists because it, it, it starts out small and it never gets any bigger. Is there any way that you can think of as far as the future of distribution of, uh, of dances into the world that can give an equal chance to all the dances um, besides like prohibiting people from showing their view counts on YouTube or on Copper Knob? Because no one's going to want to do that. that. That won't help anyways. No. That wouldn't help. That still wouldn't help. Um, it's... First, the market is always going to be the winner mm. to that, um, and uh, if you're going, if you want to be able to beat that, then you got to be market savvy. Mm. You got to learn how to market. You got to be able to figure out how to get more views and invite your friends to get to take. Re, you know, I think the new way that people are going to be shopping for not just buying things, but learning about things like restaurants and. Uh, line dances like that, I think, is online reviews. I think that's going to be the new way that people are going to want to know about something. Not, they're not going to just look at the product anymore. They're going to say, oh, that's a great product, and they're going to scroll down and start reading some of the reviews. Mm -hmm. So if you want your dance to be noticed, then ask for reviews. Ask for reviews in anything that you do. That's what's going to get you up there. Because Google is now favoring people that have more reviews. So if you want to beat the person that's, that has the most popular dance because they were first to market or mm -hmm. they have a huge following, is get your and friends to, to make reviews because Google's going to look at the reviews. Uh, the way that, that the algorithm works with, with Google, Google owns YouTube, which most people probably know that. Some people may not. So if you create something like a blog post and you put a video in there that's from a YouTube link, that will favor you above somebody else that doesn't have a video. And then if you also have the online reviews, that'll also favor you even above the person that has a video. So if you have a video and online reviews and it's a blog, you're going to push yourself up in the rankings. I, I've seen some reviews, and I, I love every time I'm able to see a review, it, it, it's exciting for me because let's say it's a dance that I know and here they're talking for you know a few sentences about it. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, I definitely understand and relate with the things they're saying. Mm -hmm. uh, for some people, though, they, they might look at it and say, oh, well, why can't you just do the dance? You know, it kills the magic. It's like trying to explain a joke. You know? But like, th there are ways, I think, to, to describe the movements that are chosen in choreography mm -hmm. without killing it. Uh, but it's also hard for some people to articulate that. Like, uh, they can say, I like this dance. It's fun. And then that's the end of the review. <laughs> but right. like, there, there, I feel like there should be more that people could say, 
if you were to do an example review, like let's say you uh, tailgate, there's something that doesn't get much attention outside of really Sonoma County. I, I never see it anywhere, not even in, in Davis and Sacramento. Mm -hmm. uh, what what's something uh, you could say, maybe give me like at least five sentences about tailgate that gives it uh, meat as a review and not just, it's fun, you should do it. Like, what, as somebody who's do, done tailgate, I'm sure, many times, um, what, what are some things you can say about it that sets it apart from other dances that gives it uh, qualities you would recommend? Uh, well, first, Neil McCoy mm. um, is, is, a, is an amazing lyric writer. Mm. So the lyrics of the song, I love his way that he explains in his songs where he's, it's kind of a two double meaning. Mm -hmm. He's talking about tail on the tailgate, and you know it's it's the song makes it fun. I love Neil McCoy's songwriting ability, so I would talk about that and mm -hmm. say, you know, Neil McCoy's got a new song out. He's got some great lyrics. It's always funny. It's great to listen to. It gives you something to listen to while you're learning this great dance that does this move to the left and this move to the right, and you got this extra little hop in there that's that's you know been a little bit more creative and. And there's these new arm movements that you can add that that we just started doing up here in this area that we recommend that you add that to it. It's right there at this certain point in the dance on the first 16 counts. If you do that, you know, definitely recommend that you teach this and share it with your friends. Interesting. So it sounds like you've got three different levels of differentiation there. Because on the one on the one hand, you're talking about um, the song itself. So you're uh, you're taking just the concept of there even being a dance to tailgate, and you're saying learn tailgate as opposed, uh, if you could only do one dance for whatever reason, like somebody's got uh, a nice pick to your shoulder and, and they're saying, hey, you gotta learn one dance and only one dance today, you're choosing a dance to tailgate just because that song is cool uh, in, in various ways. Uh, so do a, learn a dance to tailgate. And then next you're looking at do this version of tailgate as opposed to another one, because these are the basic vanilla steps that are in the choreography that the other guy with the grapevines and the shuffles and the walks and just basic stuff walking around in circles, that the other guy, maybe you don't have to bash anybody else. No, you definitely but, don't want to do that. No, but, that, but that it, actually makes you look worse. When you do oh, that. I absolutely agree. Uh, but by, by describing the basic steps of it as being you know, great on their own, that's this, another like, second level. And then you've got a third level in there with the arms because that's like one of those little unspoken cultural things that, uh, that sets it apart from uh, you know, how, how it might just be done on the step sheet. Like here are some things you can add. Mm -hmm. I, I see that with Chill Factor and uh, watermelon crawl where you know people are good time people will shout certain things at certain times that it's not in the step sheet but it does make it so much more fun and in a way it's like that hidden bonus uh, aspect with you know friendship being the hidden bonus mm -hmm. the added cultural stuff the little things that you can add as the dancer uh, that uh, <coughs> that's sort of like the, yeah. the magic secret sauce in there yeah it is um. I should write a video on how to write a, a, a review for a line dance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be helpful. Put that in my blog. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's another uh, thing. There doesn't seem to be that much discussion about line dance. Uh, it, do, it doesn't come up in the news that often. Uh, and I check, I, I check like Google News for mm -hmm. articles. What I see a lot of is senior center you know, uh, in this town is starting in a new class, go check it out, and then mm -hmm. that's it. And then the whole page of, you know, out, out of seven different articles, like five of them will be like that. 
and then two of them maybe will have some additional extra spin, like, oh, urban line dancing is taking off. Uh, why do you think there isn't that much discussion about it currently? And another thing kind of tying in with the, uh, the hidden bonus, is it better that line dance stay a little underground and a little niche? Does that protect it from outside scrutiny and criticism? Or does it, um, does it deserve more coverage? And in that case, if it did get more coverage, what would people cover about it? Just like with a, with a dance, what would you review about it? What would you say about line dance that could count as news? Um, that's a loaded question. Hmm. Um, the, uh, the, the thing about line dancing, I, th I think it, it does deserve more um, newsworthiness that, that shows the positive side of it. Um, the reason why I think that the, the quote-unquote senior centers are getting, you know, that's all you're seeing is those are the people that are actually making the efforts to, uh -huh. to do something. True. Where there isn't anybody else consciously making an effort. And I, I belong to a, like a, like a club. It's like a music club where they send us music, music that's just breaking, new artists that are coming out or well-known artists that are, have a new song coming out. And then they'll send us the CD They'll give us an MP3 link, and then the, they'll ask us to rate the songs, to play the songs in the club, and then rate them on how they're doing mm. with the audience, mm -hmm. um, whether they're getting a light rotation or a medium rotation or a heavy rotation, people are liking the song, what they like about it, what, what I personally like about the song, whether it has a good lyric content or if it has a good beat to it. Um, and sometimes they'll include a step sheet with it. And sometimes it'll include the music video that goes with it. And um, the other DJs that are in that pool, they're from all over the United States. Some of them, I think, from out of, out of the United States as well, but mostly in the United States. It's all different clubs. And I've talked to the lady that runs the club and asked her, you know, what are some of the other clubs doing? And she's like, well, most of the clubs, you know, it's just the DJs coming and doing their thing. And, and she says, I'm chasing after them every week to make the reviews. They can't even, she can't even get them to do the reviews. So if they're not even doing the reviews, then that means that they're not talking about line dancing online at all. Mm -hmm. So what needs to switch is not to fire all those guys because they're, they're well, well experienced DJs, they know what they're doing, but to snap them out of that rut and to have them talk about, hey, this is a new dance that you gotta come check it out. It's a new song, you know, Luke Bryan, you know, just got Entertainer of the Year from CMA Awards, and you know we got a brand new song that just came out from. We got to come down and check it out, and that's all it takes is something like that that creates the interest, where someone says, "Oh, I like Luke Bryan. They got he's got a, a new song. Maybe they'll teach a line dance to it. Let's go check it out," mm -hmm. and that creates that curiosity. And now it's more than just you know one person; it's the whole community that's doing it. And so someone. I'm probably I'm prodding myself as I'm talking here. Someone needs to talk to those guys and let them know that this is what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. um, you know, step forward, and I'm guilty of it too. You know, I've taken a back seat and haven't really promoted as much as I know can be. And you know, that's something that needs to change. It's something that needs to be voiced. Knowing knowing what I know and knowing the possibility of what it can be because I've seen it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's it's time to you know let let the cat out and let people know that that this is fun. This is a cool thing to do, and you know let's let's get together and 
and make it happen. And, and it doesn't have to be all these old timers that get together, it can be all these new people that come. Mm-hmm. Something needs to be created where there's a place for them to come and have a, a spot where they can call their own, locally. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't exist right now. Mm-hmm. There's talks about possibilities of things, but possibilities are just talk. You know, it's, it's always about action. Documentation always beats conversation every time. If you have a place where people can come, then you can talk about, about having them come and actually enjoy it. But saying, oh, you know, in two years I'm going to open a club, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. Anybody can say that. You know, that's just the average possibility. Something has to be put in place. This is a location, this is the nights that we're doing it, and this is what we're teaching. Come have fun. How do you also convert a space from, like let's say you don't have the means to create somewhere completely new, but you want to take a space that exists already, like we tried with Dre's, like we tried with Casa Del Mar, um, and have it build a group of people who first try it out and then stick with it. That seems to be an unanswered question in this county. Mm-hmm. and. In a general sense, I mean, if there are people listening to this you know, out in the world and they say, hey, yeah, we don't have a place like that in our area either. We want there to be one, but we, all we have is this bar that has an open floor where dance could be done. How do we convert it? How do we transition from plain old open space to space that now has a sound system and it has lights and it has maybe some kind of surface that can be danced on. And I mean, that's just like the window dressing. Uh, beyond that, how do you establish the culture? How do you get the loyalty and, uh, and the word of mouth to spread so that you don't have it start and then two months later, stop? Well, you first have to figure out, does it have to be a bar? Because mm. it doesn't. I agree. You know, what, you just have to come up with the idea of what are the things that are needed in place to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And then the, going from there, that opens up the opportunities to there being several locations that you can do that. You can rent a room mm-hmm. that, you know, might, you know, something similar to the room that we're in now, um, where you can put down dance floor and you can add lights and you can add speakers and you can bring a DJ and you can bring a dance instructor and you can have people come and you charge a fee at the door that pays for the space. Mm-hmm. So then you're not really making any money at first, but it's not about making money, it's about creating the fun atmosphere. That was the whole purpose for doing it. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about, I think, in this whole interview. It's, it goes beyond just the money. It's the wanting to create an environment where it doesn't cost anything, so at least it's paying for itself. If you're needing to rent or if you own a space, then you just convert that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, I think, where you have to start first is figuring out what are the things that are needed. You know, I think everybody says, oh, let's go to a bar and find a bar that has an open space. But that's not necessarily what's needed. Mm-hmm. I think that's why these uh, locations where they have like dance workshops work so well for them because they've, they've found a dance studio or a gym that wasn't being used on that night or that weekend, and they created a little atmosphere for people to come and dance. It's got a dance floor with a bunch of mirrors on the wall, and it looks like a dance studio, and they... They have a sound system already in there, and they're, they're making it work. Mm-hmm. There's places like that now that would love to have some kind of attention. 
that you know there's there's a dance studio I, that I know of that's in Rona Park that's close to where you live in the in the in the on a golf course. Mm -hmm. And I know that he's not busy every single night. He's popular. I'm not sure exactly what dances he teaches, but I know he teaches a, a swing dance, and I think he teaches a salsa night. It's in that shopping center in between, like the Walmart and the and the bank. Mm -hmm. It's a little place right in there. It's not big, but it's a starting place. Mm -hmm. Just as a suggestion, um, you know, there's plenty of places that you can do that. Mm -hmm. and I think that's where it has to be asked first: is is brainstorm what is needed and use the resources that you already have in place to make that happen. And to, to go to an even higher standard, another question I have is how do you create a can't-miss experience? Because uh, it, it, uh, it, it can be easy at a basic level to create an enjoyable average experience, sure. but that competes against people sitting on the couch time or maybe walking their dog time or you know whatever normal things that they would do um, looking at pro wrestling lately there has been um, in WWE there there has been sort of a a problem in in the last few months of people tuning out their their ratings are going further and further down because the experience that people have tends to be kind of predictable uh, they, in the late 90s, used to have all these crazy things happening, just like you described with Kodiaks the last time we sat down, uh, where if you weren't there, oh my goodness, like you better be there next week because you don't know what's going to happen next time. Right. And with a lot of these workshop spaces, I have a general idea of how, how the day will go. And if it costs, to, for me, it'll end up just being a cost issue. Like if, if I can't drive out there and you know, spend that money that particular week, then I kind of have an idea of what I'm missing. And if it's a lot of dances I already know, and if it's a lot of people that, you know, like, eh, you know, I don't have that close of a bond with them, then maybe it's not enough to get me out there. Um, but how do you create um, an experience where if you're not there, you, you, f you feel it in your soul? <laughs> like, I, I need to be part of this. I'm not part of this if I miss it for even one week, and I need to stay part of it. It's that cool that I have to be there in person. Cannot be replicated on video. Well, I, I saw a recent post by the Wine Country Dance Club. Um, I think they're in Nevada. Oh, yeah, Wine Country Line Dance. Wine Country Line Dance. Mm -hmm. She had made a post saying, John Robinson's going to be here, and there's going to be the, the other two guys that are setting up the little shop to buy your Christmas gifts. You're not going to want to miss out. Come on down and check it out. And so, you know, this is the this is the time to be there. And I couldn't personally be there because I had another event going on. But I was like, man, I, that that was intriguing enough to want to check it out. It was like a have to. You're gonna miss out if you if you don't come for this. It's like True. Everyone was like, oh, you know, in the line industry, John Robinson, he's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So they know who that is. Like he's coming to Sonoma County. I have to go. That happened uh, in Florida just recently as well. There's a. A uh, fellow named Trevor Thornton, he, who's choreographed some pretty big dances, uh, who I guess he had a, a friend visiting, uh, sort of a friend of a friend of mine, uh, Kalea, and they were they were talking about Guyton Monday, and Trevor I think made some comment like, well, you know, I could just ask him to come to my class on Thursday. And he's like, what? No way! And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Guyton the Guyton Monday of line dance choreography. Has made this surprise kind of appearance at at uh, at his at the place where you know they all went dancing, 
and you know they've got pictures, and you got, you see pictures online with him with all these people, and I'm sure they didn't know that was gonna, that was going to happen. Only mm-hmm. the people who saw that comment thread knew that was going to happen. Right. So, uh, well, there there's a question: How do you make more people? Because uh, I mean, Guyton can't always be you know at your place that weekend. And sure. Same thing with you know John Robinson, uh, Joe Thompson. Um, who are some of the other big, you know, Max Perry, like, they're kind of scattered. They're all over the world. Pedro Machado, he's in Europe. Um, how do you, and this kind of goes back to the pro wrestling parallel as well, um, when you have only a certain number of people at the top of the card, there's a lot of pressure on them to, um, to not get injured and to always be available. But you need to build up the middle card as well. How do you give more prestige and name power to other choreographers to kind of share the wealth and distribute that um, that sense of Brenda's coming, Brenda Chateau, the Brenda Chateau, uh, where it doesn't seem like just a community member, but like, oh my God, it's her. Like, mm-hmm. she's coming to our thing. Right. Yeah, she's making time out of her schedule to be here for us tonight. How do you, how you do can't you, miss that. How do you build that around a person, that aura or that mystique? Because it seems like for the people who have it, they just kind of have it. Maybe they don't even know why they have it. They just, I don't know, over time kept getting their name dropped in this or that uh, mm-hmm. context, and now they're big. How would you start that around a person uh, like, say, an Elliot Marr, you know, uh, a person uh, down in Southern California with his own you know, video blog and, uh, and yeah, I guess, standing within his community? Uh, right now, he is a, uh, a dancer among other dancers. And uh, I think he's got all kinds of potential. Just like you know, he's got choreographer friends, you know, Haley Quirk, Jessica Ingram. Like I feel like those are going to be some of the bigger names if they really wanted to be. They they could build up that same sort of you know Guyton and Joe mystique over the next couple of years. Uh, so in addition to just continuing to do what they do and continuing going out and dancing and writing new dances, what else needs to be done to be sure that we get those big names in the future? Because all those other people are going to retire. Like Guyton's retiring within a year. Uh, all these other folks are, are eventually going to stop dancing and we need those new names to create that must-see aspect of an event. Otherwise, it's just Elliot. It's just Jessica. And I don't want that to be the case. I want those people to get all the hype that they deserve for their talent and their uh, ability and, that, and that, enthusiasm. And that, that's how you talk about them. Hmm. You don't say it's just mm-hmm. Jessica or just Elliot. You say, oh, Elliot, he's created all these dances. You know, and he, he's, he's world famous in his market. And you know, he's going to be up here for only two days. And he's, he's made some special time to just be here for us. You can't miss it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be doing a contest, and we're going to have this, and you know we're going to throw in some extra stuff, and there'll be a special appearance by Christopher Gonzalez. You can't miss that on him as well. He's, I mean, he's got this long roster of things that he's done, and he's been traveling all over, and he knows the pulse of what's going on in Sonoma County and, and all over the entire state of California. You can't miss it. you got to be here. Hmm. It's like that. Uh, there's that uh, mentality... Act as if, because the way you were describing it, it sounds like all the stuff that you would put on a flyer. And part of me is thinking, oh, is he allowed to say that on a flyer? Like, can he say these these things about these people if uh, you know if they if they haven't won some crystal boot award or choreography competition? Then I'm like, wait a but, second, but you can say whatever you want. People don't know what those are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows what a crystal boot award is. I don't even know what a crystal boot award is. Yeah. 
You know, if I don't know what it is, what makes us think that somebody else doesn't know what it is? Hmm. So yeah, I guess if you could really just describe the people who are coming however you want, and the people who don't know the difference, they're gonna look at that and they're gonna trust you and whatever's on that flyer. Mm -hmm. And then as long as the person who shows up to the event follows through with that, they do give them a great experience. As long as they deliver, that's all that matters, and you know they're gonna deliver. Ha! Huh. That's so simple. It is. I love it. I, when I lived in Las Vegas, I learned, I learned that from, from a well-known DJ uh, that was there, his name was DJ Frankie, and he was, always about promotion. He said that you always build yourself up just slightly bigger than you actually are and then people will follow that. Mm. And he was really good at it and I learned that from him. That was a great lesson that I learned from him because you know, it took me out of just being average to being, oh no, I, I started looking at my resume I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've hung out with Missy Elliott and I've done, you know, I've, I've, I've been in boxing rings and DJed from inside of a boxing ring and, and I've worked at the MGM Grand and I've worked at the Luxor and I've worked at all these places. I've worked at the, the VIP section of the pool and at the, uh, at the Caesars Palace. It's like those are cool things, experiences that people haven't experienced that want to experience that. And so if you've been there, then maybe they might feel like they can get closer to it by asking you about it. Like, oh, I need to ask them what that experience was like, so then maybe I'll go do it. Mm -hmm. you know, you're just building that, just making a story out of what you've already created. So it's not lying. Uh, some people may say it's embellishing, but it's not really lying. You're, not, you're still telling the truth. You've made all these things happen. You've won these awards. Mm -hmm. Then you know, you've done all these things. You've been on the radio. You've been on television. You know, so it's it's true. It's just bringing it to light. It's showing all your, all of your things that, that are cool that that you've done, that experiences that you've had, that they will want to be attracted to. Mm -hmm. So, for some of the bigger influencers in the field, let's say country music artists or other you know, performing music artists, how would you? show line dance to them so that they get on board with it and maybe they develop a relationship with line dance so that it becomes mutually beneficial. What would you tell them about how line dance can help them because you know it's this amazing 110% of you know how you would normally think of it sort of a thing. How would you um, sort of build it in their mind so that they think oh wow that that's something I want related to me. Mm -hmm. uh, well the, the uh club that I belong to, the record pool, they, they report back to the artists and the artists, um, you know, booking agents that they work with, mm -hmm. the talent agencies that they work with, and they say, These are, this song is doing well in this club. Um, so then they'll, if they create enough interest, that artist will go to that club and do a concert. Hmm. And then then the, uh, the artist, of course, would be supporting line dance. You'd get more people into the mm -hmm. club. I've, I've, I've had experience, I've been with this club for a long time. We've had experiences before where, where artists have noticed that line dancing was popular enough where they actually wrote a song that was you know, geared towards line dancing. Hmm. You know, changed the sound so that it would make sense for a line dance and like linked up with a line dance instructor that, that was in the studio with them and helped them create this song that would be good for a line dance. Like Scooter Lee with Dizzy, where mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people learned about Scooter Lee through the dance, and then uh, people who learned about uh, 
the song first, then learned that there was a dance to it. So you, people go in both directions. You have people who like music then becoming dancers and people who like dance learning about a new musician. When Luke Bryan first came to the scene, his first song was All My Friends Say. Mm -hmm. There was a write-up that was a little blurb, a little tiny blurb that said, Luke Bryan's going to be the next Garth Brooks. And this was when Garth Brooks was huge. Mm -hmm. And everybody laughed. Mm. Like, whatever. There's no way this guy's going to be like Garth Brooks. And this was uh, nine years ago. Mm. And now he's Entertainer of the Year mm -hmm. this year. Garth Brooks was Entertainer of the Year. Looks like he became Garth Brooks. Mm -hmm. Selling out shows. You know, he's super popular. Everyone loves his stuff. People are purposely taking songs of his and writing line dances for them mm -hmm. because he's the artist of the year. That's That was time that took to make that happen. But when it, when, it, when it was first said, you know, his booking agent said, I remember seeing the little thing that said, this is going to be the next Garth Brooks. Everyone was like, <laughs> right, good luck. And, you know, it's true. It came into fruition. It may have taken a few years, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, I remember when he was still playing in Petaluma with you know, Dirk Bentley on our little whatever it was called at the time festival yeah. that became you know Sonoma County uh, Country Music and Beer Festival, which became Sonoma Stampede, which became Country Summer. Like this was this was back when we still had the Kodiak Jacks dancers going out there, and uh, McKenna Faith was part of that show, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. And it just seemed like, oh yeah, just another country music artist, you know, coming along. Maybe he's got a couple of big songs. And now to get him back here for Country Summer, I don't, I don't even know if that'd be possible. He's no, too big now. Wouldn't. Yeah. No, the, the the artist will listen, if but you have to ask. You have to send an email. You have to you know send messages through their Facebook accounts, and have enough of it happen to where they're, they're actually pay attention. Mm -hmm. You know, using the resources like the resource I have, where you're sending enough requests in, they will listen. They want more fans. Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose behind the, you know, they like their fans. They like it when someone spends money on their album and doesn't rip it off of YouTube. They want someone to actually spend the money so they can get their royalties. Mm -hmm. They want someone to buy the concert tickets, to buy the t-shirt. They want that. So if that means changing things up a little bit, that's what they'll do. It's just a matter of creating enough voice to make that happen. Similarly, I would love if people would do that with line dance things, where like I want more people to be into it and to try it out. And if they have ideas for how to make it better, I want them to be able to manifest those and maybe mm -hmm. connect with the people with resources who uh, could could do that. Like, I have these ideas for lighting rigs, but I don't know anybody with lighting rigs. Like, I can't afford them myself. I've got two uh, red, green, blue LED spotlights that I bought on Amazon, or what is it, mono price even, because it was cheaper, and that's it. Like, that's the most access I have to these resources, but the ideas that I have, I really wish I could connect with somebody out there in the line dance community who has lights and don't does they don't know what to do with them. Mm -hmm. uh, I bet there are all kinds of people out there who have these ideas just jotted down. Oh well, if they did this in line dance, then they could probably get another you know X number of people from this demographic. But who do they talk to? Like who do the people with the ideas send that's, those to? So that that's where you find those promoters that I was talking about earlier. Those mm -hmm. those people that you have that you meet over time that you know are good at promoting. Mm -hmm and they will go out and talk about it. Are there any in, in particular that you, I, I know I have only know of a couple offhand by name, there's like Outlaw Entertainment and there's, 
DJ Shadow Productions, something like that. Uh, I, I don't know uh, that many promoters personally. Are there any that you would recommend where if you send them some ideas, they can take those and blow them up to the degree available to them with their resources and their graphic designers and their connections? Yeah, I'm talking about the, the promoters that are right within your own sphere of influence. Uh, I see the non-professional promoters. Yes. Like they're, the best, they're the best kind. Hmm. They're better than the professional because hmm. you pay the professionals mm -hmm. and they have... You know, they'll only do as much as you pay them. They're sure. like it's like a lawyer. They only there's only gonna, you know, help you win as much as you pay him. As soon as mm -hmm. you stop paying him, he's he's not gonna help you anymore. Mm -hmm. Once that retainer runs out, that's it. It's like yeah, I, I said I was gonna get you fourteen hundred Facebook clicks. There you are, fourteen hundred mm -hmm. Facebook clicks. You didn't say if you wanted them all from Sonoma County. Mm. You just you know I didn't want the entire state. I just wanted this area. Yeah, I didn't say that. I wish I knew more promoters who would do things for free, like a flyer or whatever uh, is required to make an event a success. Because like, there are some things that I do um, that I just do because I, I like the, the giant spreadsheet of dances. Nobody paid me anything to do that. And I mm -hmm. spent how many hours on that? And it was brilliant. Thank you. I, yeah. I, I wish I knew somebody who just loved making flyers for clubs so that their event would be a success and they wouldn't want to you know, ask for a bunch of money either, but I mean, I know, I know that to get quality, you have to you have to have some compensation so that you can eat that month, uh, and you don't want to devalue what it is that you do by uh, you know charging one person zero dollars and then telling the next guy, well, here's how much I'm really worth. This is how much you should pay me. Uh, how how would you suggest getting pro bono contributions to uh, the line dance community? Uh, that are just passion projects. That's grassroots. Everyone loves a grassroots project. Mm. And um, just selling the idea. Mm. This is what I want to create, and this is where I want to go with it. This is where I see it going in the future, and I need your help. If we had a Steve Jobs of line dance, I think that would, that would go a long way. Because <laughs> he was, I, I watched the documentary Jobs recently, and I, mm -hmm. I, I listened to the audiobook of his uh, biography, and he sounded like such a persuasive guy. And he could really make you believe in whatever it was that he believed. Mm -hmm. So if we had somebody like that for, for line dance to like hit the streets and, and, uh, and go to the keynotes and, and all that, uh, that, that would help a lot. And yeah. I don't know if the choreographers, I, I, some of them, they've been doing this for a long time and they're very good at choreography or the instructors are very good at instructing. If we had like a really good pitch person that that would help yeah, a lot. That would help a lot. A good pitch person. Yeah. That would I think that's the the missing link. Mhm. Mm then that, that person could talk to the Luke Bryans and the Dirk Bentleys and all them. Mhm. Mm we just have to find Oh, uh, let's see. Was there there's another question um, that I had. Oh, right. So, going to the cards here. We've been a little bit off book today, which is great. Uh, here, here's a statement, and I would love to hear some examples of why and how it is true. If you can line dance, you can do anything. If you can line dance, you can do anything? Mm -hmm. Validate and give examples of that statement. Um, that goes back to the, if you can walk, you can sing. Mm. Or if you can walk, you can dance. If you can talk, you can sing. Mm -hmm. You know, the old African proverb. Mm -hmm. um, it's very similar to that um, because what line dancing does is it creates it pulls you out of your comfort zone mm -hmm. and if you've been pulled out of your comfort zone then it 
can inspire you to do other things, mm. to then inspire you to be able to do anything. Mm -hmm. hmm. Have you discovered um, ways that you have uh, become more capable in other fields because of the confidence that you gained with line dance? Um, confidence I gained from line dancing, I was able to leap from the DJ booth to the speaker <laughs> box at a nightclub that if I hadn't done any line dancing, I wouldn't have created the courage to be able to do that. True. And still live to tell about it and not break any bones. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it created that whole atmosphere of being, you know, crazy in a professional way. Um, just, you know, just being able to put on that persona and act that part, those parts out. I was very safe in all of that. Um, it just didn't look like it. Mm -hmm. It was practiced over and over and over and over and over again. So it was. So even though it looked like, oh, it was just off the cuff, he was crazy, he just jumped over there. I had done that a hundred times before anyone else had seen it, you know, when the club was closed. You know, that's, that's the difference between an amateur and a professional, I think, is, you know, we were talking about this as we were walking up today, is the, you know, the person that practices the most is going to be the one that wins, because they're the one that, they, they have all the possibilities of failure removed. There's only success at that point. You're warmed up, you're at your best, and you're ready to go. You're ready to take anything. Mm. You can take, you know, anything coming your way, you're able to just push it aside and be focused on what you need at the task at hand. Mm. And that's, you know, pretty much the attitude that you, I think that you need to take when you do take on something like this. This is something really big that we're talking about taking on where you're creating something for other people to enjoy. And then taking that and then spreading it out to other places. Saying, you know, we took, you know, this whole idea that we've been talking about where we take all the elements that are needed to put in place to create a fun place for people to go, even though it's on a local level, once that's created, then you can take that example and pass that on to other places that are outside of the area. Say, this is what we did. We had this problem. This is how we solved it. And it worked. And it worked. it's working great. You can do it, too. That's what I wish we could see in Sonoma County, is that example of we started from nothing, just an open space, maybe not necessarily a bar, and we built it. And now we have people coming in every week, and they feel like they can't miss it. They tell all their friends. Here's the formula, you know, here's, here's what worked really well. If we had that, first of all, we'd have our own venue here, which mm -hmm. we've been missing for almost a full year now. And uh, then, you know, other places, Cloverdale. I, I lived in Cloverdale for uh, a brief period of summer uh, a couple years ago. And the way they, the people there, the people, the, the residents of Cloverdale described it as like, the only people who live here are the ones who... Uh, haven't graduated from high school yet because once they do, they leave. And uh, the people who are retired here because once they've left for a while, they come back. And everything in the middle, nobody wants to be there. There's nothing to do there. Everything closes down early at like 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock. And there's no nightlife whatsoever to speak of. So people, they drive into Santa Rosa, they drive to Healdsburg, they drive to the city if they have to. And there's nothing north but trees. So if they had a place 
where they could go and bring out all of their people who haven't left town yet, uh, then yeah, we could take the, our formula for what works here, give it to them and say, hey, see that vacant lot over there or that, that building that needs a, a tenant? You can build that into something. But if we tell them to do that or how to do that now, all we'd have are Dre's, Casa Del Mar, the closed Mavericks, the closed um, Kodiak Jacks. And I, Tradewinds hasn't stopped yet, which I think is great. Uh, it's nice that we have some option. Uh, <coughs> I would love if it were bigger. Sure. I think a lot of the why it still goes, though, is because it's on the crawl. It's going to be open no matter what they put in there. Absolutely. So if, if there's, there's people that are just walking by that'll walk in. Exactly. They go, oh, what's going on here? Mm. I'll have a beer. Cloverdale doesn't have that luxury, unfortunately. Like you have to really know that you're going there uh, for a specific purpose to end up there. Mm-hmm. And if some place there were a big enough draw, because it's got the name power of somebody who's there, like it's how, like, like how you can pay Paris Hilton to go to a club. I don't know. Maybe this information. Maybe I'm dating myself, but like there was a time when it was really important for her to be at a place, so the promoters would give her money just to show up. Because I if she's there, other people. About. Yeah, in Las Vegas. Yeah, to, it was um, it was interesting to me mm. that she was getting paid for that because she wouldn't do anything. Yeah, we're just sitting there in a VIP section with you know a few handful of people getting drunk, but she was getting you know all this money to just show up mm-hmm. for them to just put on their flyer. Paris Hilton's going to be here tonight, mm-hmm. and she didn't even have to be there very long. And that's the sort of non-organic way to draw a following and create a can't-miss sort of That's that false, sort of event. false sense also, I think. Um, but that's... No, I, I never understood that concept, but that was Vegas. You know, Vegas is a completely different animal when it comes to nightlife and money that's spent to make things happen. It's like the money's there already. Mm-hmm. You know, the casinos are making a million dollars a minute. It's just, it's insane. Mm-hmm. It's like, we want to build a nightclub. Great, let's just take this space and make it happen Yep. as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. We'll get all the resources you need to help. You know, just keep writing checks until it's done. Mm-hmm. And that'd be amazing. It'd be like a crystal lighting fixture coming from the wall, like $10 million crystal light, lighting fixture with lasers flying out of it and flames. And there'd be, you know, dancers dropping from the sky in these cages and, you know, DJ would come up from the floor and rise up in the middle of the dance floor and be... You know, playing on his music, and then there'd be people out in this like pool area, and they'd be dancing on these little pods in the water, and you're like, "How do they even get out there?" Mm-hmm. It was just like, "That's just Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They're creating that fantasy that that people are attracted to because it's just something that's completely out of touch. It's not mm-hmm. real. It's not right. reality. But that's why you go there. Mm-hmm. It's for that experience. When you you know talking about Sonoma County. That's not as attractive. They're gonna they're gonna say you're trying to be like Vegas, uh, you know. But there can still be other cool factors that you can throw in there, and it can be fun things. You know, one of the things that I used to do is I used to do comedy stuff where it was like making fun of something, mm-hmm. where I was like dressing up like Shania Twain in a in a um, cartoon character type of way. Mm-hmm. So it was obvious that I was making fun of the situation. I wasn't trying to be Shania Twain. Right. I was trying to make fun of looking like a guy trying to dress up like Shania Twain for a song that I was trying to act out in a video. Mm-hmm. So it was sold 
as a comedy act. It wasn't sold as this guy's trying to be uh, a uh, impersonator. Mm-hmm. I wasn't I wasn't selling that. When I would do um, you know Devil Went Down to Georgia, it would be a whole scene where we were trying to create because there wasn't a video for Devil Down to Georgia, so we were trying to create what the mind's eye would think Devil Down to Georgia was with. Two guys, one guy had a devil mask on, one guy had a big giant cowboy hat on, so he was Johnny, and he was playing the the violin, and then the devil was coming up with his golden fiddle and trying to win the battle, and then he'd lose, and so we'd have a smoke machine that would you know, blow out the, the, the devil, and he would crumble to the ground and disintegrate because Johnny had won, and, and it was really fun. It was like yeah. this whole thing, this act that we had created. These, you know the the two DJs that were making this happen. It was it was a lot of fun, and that we would do stuff like that, mm-hmm. and that was that really caught on to where we would start doing all these little skits, mm-hmm. and we'd take scenes from movies and recreate them, mm-hmm. or scenes from a popular music video. That worked out really well, and you know sometimes it was right off the cuff where we we're like, okay, let's just do it, and sometimes it was practiced, but it was still you know. A plan mm-hmm. that we'd make in place and make it happen, and you know we were doing this stuff when computers weren't around, and you know you couldn't just cut and slice a video. We had to like get the actual v, 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 uh, VHS tape and fast forward it to the little section we wanted to play, and then you know plug the little switcher in to switch it over from one to the other. There wasn't like a little you know now it's just everything's on the computer and you just push a button. And you could actually edit your little clip to be exactly the way it is. I mean, today it's a dream to be able to do the skits that I would we were trying to do back then with technology that just wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You know, cordless microphones and wireless speakers just didn't exist, and we were making it happen. Mm-hmm. We were doing stuff, and you know, I, I really missed that stuff because it was fun and it was off the cuff or at least we made it look like it was off the cuff, and, and it really was, you know, a level of entertainment that wasn't going on anywhere, especially in the country market. Mm-hmm. So it was very unique. And that's what drew all those people to come to the club, was it was just so different. It was like, we have to see what's going on because people are talking about it. But the, it was more than just that. All the elements were in place. We had a mechanical bull there. We had a bartender that would make really good drinks. We had a great staff of security guards that knew people by their first name when they came in the front door. You know, all the elements were there. It wasn't just me, Mm -hmm. even though some days I thought it was just me. Mm -hmm. But it was a lot more than just me. It It was the whole team. It was a team of people. And, you know, there's a lesson to be learned in that. It was, you know, like when the... When the baseball team that wins the World Series, the reason why they win the World Series is because they came together as a team for that particular year. Mm-hmm. And they worked really hard at being a team. It wasn't one guy mm-hmm. that won the World Series. It was the whole team. I wish we had more of that in the line dance community as well because uh, there are those big names. There are those individual names. But for there to be an assemblage of people really depends from event to event. Like the people that I met in Vegas, because they were all there at the same time, they seemed like just, I mean, I, I knew this couldn't possibly be the case, but just because that was my first impression, it seemed like, okay, this is the troupe. This, this is the group of people that does things 
kind of sort it together. But you look at the different events, and some names are there, some are not. Uh, it's very rare to see that many of them all together in one place. And the only reason that happened was because it was Vegas Dance Explosion. It was the big one. You know? mm-hmm. uh, for these other ones, you, you might see this or that person, but you don't get that sense that they're, they are a team. Like, with again, with WWE, uh, sometimes you'll get these people teaming up that keep their individual names, uh, but occasionally you'll get teams that are the teams first. Who they are individually matters less. Their individual egos are, are not what people are trying to support or push, you know, making them individual superstars. The team comes first. And if there was some kind of unity like that with line dance where if you hire one of us, you hire three of us, uh, that might be an interesting draw. And I guess I, I really know very little about this, but there, I guess there was some group called... Uh, Masters in Line that was formed with uh, with Scott Blevins and Joe Thompson. Uh, I think I think it was the two of them. And um, unless I'm thinking incorrectly, I think Pedro was involved somehow in the history of this. Now I'm getting myself muddled. But anyway, uh, there there was an attempt at this. I think uh, from what I've, little I've read uh, on, on the vast history of line dance. Uh, I wish something like that existed more now. I I already can see that there are like the people that I named earlier. There are these people who are making little individual bursts of, of interest surrounding them uh, based on the dance that they've come up with you know, this month or the next month, you know, now it'll be this person. Um, I, I think there would be a lot of power in organizing in more of a team-like aspect so that you don't put on the step sheet uh, person's name, you put the team's name. Mm-hmm. Like uh, with, with one of the dances, uh, My Kind of Night, um, from, that came out of Mavericks. I, I believe on the step sheet it says it was choreographed by the Mavericks girls, which is really interesting yeah. because it builds that power behind a brand to the point where you don't know who's on the team any given year. Just and like it, with the and Giants. It could be different people too. Yeah, yeah. The Giants could have a completely different roster from you know a World Series win to uh, a total slump season, but the Giants' name stays strong because that's who won the series, not Barry Bonds and his merry band or something. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would probably help line dance, maybe, uh, you know, having a strong brand exist as opposed to just individuals exist. Because what happens when that individual retires, his name power goes with him. Right. Know, if, if he ha- is part of a brand, then the brand lives on. Mm-hmm. We don't really have a whole lot of branding in, in line dance that I'm aware of. It's true. Other than the clothing lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, the, and the events where you know, you know to go to this event because yeah, these the people explosion. did this thing. It doesn't matter who's, you know, those... If those promoters retire and pass it on, it, it, it can still live on. It right. might not, may, maybe it won't be as popular or it could even be more popular. It just depends on who's promoting it. And they were actually doing those things like uh, skits. They had skits each evening, uh, you know, little performances, as well as some can't-miss uh, spontaneous improv sort of uh, activities, like one where there was Team USA and, and Team International. This was all the choreographers and the instructors from the event you know, who were teaching workshops. They didn't know this was going to happen, so not even all of them were in the room to participate in this event, but uh, they had a kind of a dance-off where they played. They would say, okay, pick two people from each team, and we're going to put on this this uh, song, and we'll see who remembers this dance from 20 years ago nice. better. You know, 
and uh, there was never uh, really announced what the what prize was going to be or what the consequences were going to be. So you kind of had to stick around to see. Well, all right. First of all, who's going to win this 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 face off? And then at the end of it all, which of them is going to win, and what are the stakes? That was kind of a mystery that they wouldn't tell you about. First, they didn't tell you it was going to happen, yeah. and then they didn't tell you what the outcome was going to be. Uh, which was so much more fun than a normal skit. Like a normal skit, you, you can kind of see, oh, they're starting this song, they're all dressed up, this is probably what's going to happen, they're going to do a performance, and then it's going to be over. Right. But with this, there was so much unpredictability. And if you weren't there that night for that <coughs> performance, <coughs> unless you watched the videos afterwards that you know, were recorded one or two minutes at a time, you wouldn't really know what it was like to be there. To see these amazing uh, seasoned vets freaking out because they couldn't remember their own dance. Right. <laughs> And then, you know, nice. hoping somebody else knew it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And those are things that you can bring into the, um, you know, this night that we're talking about creating mm-hmm. is spontaneous stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because you've experienced these things because you've been around. You know, like I've, I've stated several times in this interview, you know the pulse of what's going on, I think, out of everybody, especially in Sonoma County, probably in the entire state of California, that knows exactly what's happening, what nights, and what's popular, what's not popular, and, you know, what line dancing is going on in, in communities. You know where it's happening. You know where it's at. Because you've been there. You've seen it. This so, it's not, so, it's, so it's not like a, oh, I've heard this, and I saw something on Facebook. It's like, no, I've been to the club. I've seen the dancers. I've seen their dancing. I've seen the flow of the people coming in and out, and the DJ, and the lighting, and the and the bartenders and the dancers, I know what's happening. I know what they do on a nightly basis. If I had more people on my team, ah, it would be great. Well, you dominate <laughs> coming into a place like that. It'd be like, here comes this team from Northern California. It's like, they just took over. Well, and, I, then, and then that makes headlines. Oh, like in, in a good way you're saying it would yeah. be. That's interesting. Yeah, there are some times when I, I go to a place and I think there's no way that if I request this that they're going to play it because I'm the only person here who knows it. But if I go in with you know, six people from Line Dance Club, then there's at least a chance. It mm-hmm. might not be one of their local dances, but if one of their local dances gets requested and three people are doing it versus one of ours from out of town and six people are doing it, then there's, you know, it, it looks better for their dance floor to have a lot of people participating. I just wished I had that many people to do it consistently because mm-hmm. I, I love this as much as you know that I love this and uh, I, I have some friends who are a little more casual about it and, uh, and it's great when I'm able to, to, to go out with a whole big group of, of folks but there's, there's sometimes when I wish I had just a giant tour bus and I could pluck people from their nine to five, or you know, maybe they don't even get that many hours scheduled for them, but you know, these minimum wage jobs, that, that's not their passion. That's not what they want to do. They want to be more involved in line dance than they are currently allowed to be financially. Mm-hmm. And I want to steal them from wherever they are, and I want to go to all these places with them and be this bus load of crazy people that uh, that the venues look forward to having there because maybe they're local regular people. Yeah, they go out and they do the dances and, and it's 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 all right. But when these people come in, we just I mean we're like kicking up the floor because we love it so much. I would want to have it that creates group of an people. energy level that they're exactly they needed. 
And I want to I want to infect these other places with that enthusiasm, yes. so they can see that it's still possible. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you've done these dances a million times, and maybe that's why you're texting. But we've done them too a million times, and we still find ways to make them interesting. Here are some here are some ways you can do that too. And then when we leave, the scene is better for it. Like their local scene that we might not come back to for another three or four months or longer it's still thriving because we just reinvigorated and lit a fire under the people who might have been taking it for granted. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why a, a, an artist can get up on stage and sing a song that they've sang a hundred times mm -hmm. and still deliver it like the first time they sang it because mm -hmm. they're doing it not for them, doing it for the audience mm -hmm. so they understand that. It's like, oh, there you go, i got to sing my number one song again. They're not thinking that. They're thinking, oh, I'm singing my number one song. I'm going to get this huge reaction. People are going to love it. Mm -hmm. And that's why they do it, night after night after night. It's the same, uh, same, same concept. Whew. I'm going to stretch my neck a little bit. I just got a little fired up there. All right. <clears throat> Let's see. Oh, my goodness, we've been talking for quite a while. I'm sure anybody who's listening right now is probably arriving at the destination of where they're driving, if that's where they're listening to, to all of this. Uh, so let me just ask you a, a couple more. Oh, actually, there's, there's one thing I wanted to uh, come back to that you, uh, we were talking about earlier. As far as the reviews, there's another idea that uh, I think would be great for, for getting the dances out there, is a recommendation system. Because uh, as you were mentioning how mm -hmm. reviews are sort of the future of how people discover things, the recommendation system keeps people from having to search out all this stuff on their own. Instead, a, a curated system is delivered to them uh, where, where th let's say they like, they you know, uh, upvote or whatever, they express desire to, to, to learn more about these different things, these different other dances. When, when the system or the computer or whatever notices, oh, hey, they like a lot of dances that are about this number of beats per minute. Oh, hey, they like a lot of dances that have been choreographed by Will Craig or whomever. Uh, they, in, in, the, in the guts of the computer, you know, they, uh, the, the cogs and whistles and, and wheels start putting together uh, an idea of what song they might want to learn a dance to next. And then it'll show them, hey, if you liked all these dances, here's one that has this number of beats per minute choreographed by this guy or one of his contemporaries in that same continent. Uh, so, hey, try out this dance. And then when you like that one, it adds more information to the system and you get better recommendations. So you're not so overwhelmed. And I, I've, just, I've talked about this with some of the instructors as well. They say, God, there's just too many dances nowadays. How are you even supposed to know which ones to learn? Because you can't sit and watch every single demo on YouTube. There are too mm -hmm. many. You can't, you can't look through all the ones on Knob, so you just look at the ones with the highest view counts or the ones that are done by your friends. But you miss so many that you would have loved that you never would have known you would have loved unless there was some way to give that and push it in front of your face uh, you know, to you on a silver platter. So that technology already exists. Exactly, it's done it's on Amazon. Done. Like that, that's how Amazon they sell your products. eBay does it. Uh, Google does it. Mm -hmm. um, Starbucks does it. So if there was somebody on this this hypothetical team of experts, I, I, let's see, my, my wish list. Let me uh, jot down on my imaginary wish list here. Uh, graphic designers, if there are any graphic designers out there, please, please come, uh, come have a chat with me, and we can talk about how. Uh, 
you know, a lot of places are putting out these Microsoft Paint flyers that nobody is looking at for longer than a second uh, and think, oh God, if it's this low quality, I'm not going to go to their club. We need you graphic designers, amazing people who, uh, you know, can make it look attractive. Uh, and then the recommendation people, the people who know computer science well enough to put together a little simple simple breakdown of traits of certain uh, dances, like this dance has wizard steps, this dance has uh, beats per minute, this has choreographer, da da da. If somebody, I don't know all, all, all the things that well, would cause well, would, that to happen. Create, you'd have to create another similar profile site like a Facebook, mm-hmm. where it would be line dance community people or dancers mm-hmm. in general, it wouldn't have to be line dancers. And these are, the, you know, they, as they fill out their profile, they check little boxes of, you know, I like dances that are easy dances, or I like more intermediate dances, mm-hmm. I like advanced dances, I like to be able to have m- arm movements, I like to, you know, do grapevines, I like to do wizard steps, I like to do sailor steps. Mm-hmm. So then it creates all that and then it feeds them, hey, these are dances that have all these in it. Mm-hmm. Check these out. This is the dance, we, this is the recommended dance of the day for you. Yes. Exactly. You, know, I kind, wish. you kind of already do that on your site. You say, this is the dance of the day that I've <laughs> learned by taking it another step further. Yeah. If, if, if I knew somebody who knew how to make that, I would give them some chunk of my savings just to ex- see it exist in the world. Like, mm-hmm. there are some things that are more important to me, and there are things that are less important to me. And getting, like, a T-bone steak every night is not on my priority list, but seeing these projects come to fruition. And even having it just oh. be an app that works with your Facebook instead of having to create a whole new Facebook because mm-hmm. now you're competing with Facebook, right. where it's something that's easy for them to just download an app that adds to their Facebook. Or how easy would that be on Coppernob? You already have to create an account on Coppernob to, to use their voting system. Mm-hmm. Why not have a database of all of these dances that you've learned? Like just a little check mark. And why is it that Coppernob became popular and not the other ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. Could there be a, a replacement to it? If I mean, it, Kickit was around for a long time. It still is. Mm-hmm. They started charging. They lost a lot of customers that way. The interface is a little dated as well. Yeah, it's older, yeah. yeah. But that was pop- That was the go-to place. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was just some dad that had like a soccer website that he had, and he added some line dances to it because he also liked the line dance, and, it cr- and the, the line dancing became more popular than the soccer side. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's called Kick It because it was from a, it was originally a soccer site. I did not know that. Yeah, and so then it, it became a line dance place, and everyone was submitting their line dances to it, and it just became huge. Mm-hmm. And then Copper Knob came around. There's also other ones. There's Line Dance Fun. There's all kinds of other ones that are out there. Doris Foltz does one that she's real local here in the Bay Area, and you know, Copper Knob just seems to be the popular one. And there are services. Uh, and they're out of the UK, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. .co.uk. There are services that do surveys as well, where it, they'll ask for uh, you know which are the more popular dances in your area, and uh, they'll they'll take like weekly tabs on who who's doing what. But the the technology for something like using Google Google Forms, you know, there there are ways to to collate information in more sophisticated ways and uh, easier ways for people to. Uh, like even on Facebook, they have a poll system where you can you know, click this or that or the other thing or do write-in answers. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the people who would be uh, more, the most informed about how to use these new technologies are not the people who are interested in line dancing. And I really wish they were. There's so little overlap between those people who have that kind of forward-thinking, futuristic information and interest in line dancing. And I want to get them into our, into our camp. 
Mm-hmm. I want to drag them out of Silicon Valley and say, dance with us, and then make these cool things and get more people to dance with us. Mm-hmm. And then we'll all just be happier. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, circling back to the original question of you know, what, what do you see in the future uh, of line dance, uh, I guess we've, we've had a lot of things to say about that. Yes. Um, do you have any, anything that's on your, uh, your wish list, uh, so to speak, of, of things we need uh, to, to really bring things forward in a, in a powerful and meaningful way for line dance? Um, I need some kind of a, of a uniform, uh, basic knowledge place that people can go to that, that still has the creative outlet for the people to make it their own, mm-hmm. but it has like the basic stuff that is things that people would learn, you know, or even if it was just like a couple of simple videos of, you know, this is a grapevine, and this is what a sailor step looks like, and these are some basic steps that you can use to choreograph your own line dance, and we encourage you to choreograph your own line dance, and when you do, upload it to this site, and, you know, just like a, a site that they can go to to start, to, you know, learn, where it has all the links to all the, you know, the popular things that, that make the line dancing what it is, why it's so fun, mm. and... and Clubs can submit their information there, so if someone's looking for a club, they can go to that site, and that's their starting point mm. for all the things that they do line dancing. Mm. That's my wish list. That would be good. Yeah, there, there's a, you were saying, and, you know, and that And that stuff that we were talking about earlier could all be incorporated in that. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the line dance of the week, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and it does the choosing by the people that come visit. Mm-hmm. That checks all their profiles and all their likes, and it says, from based on all the traffic that we've gotten this week, this is the line dance of the week. Mm-hmm. That's popular right now in the Pulse. There is somebody in Southern California uh, with a site, I think it's like linedancing.net, and I think the person who runs it is Carrie Kick, or she has some kind of relationship with that site. And there are two two videos typically on the front page that'll show, like, you know, these are the spotlighted dances, but it never really describes how did they get there, why are they there, uh, how long are they going to be there, uh, is this based on, on this area, is this based on the world, uh, you know, where did these come from so that these are getting this kind of attention. Mm-hmm. And, and it's also uh, just, I mean, we, we were discussing the, the, the layout of, there, there's Kick It, which is, it looks the way I'm sure it did close to when it was conceived. And uh, Copper Knob looks pretty sophisticated. It's got you know nice uh, tables and things like that, breaking everything down into into chunks, easy to read sections. Uh, Linedancing.net. It's pretty basic. It's it's everything that you I guess need, um, and not a whole lot of ex- extra stuff that you don't. But when I see some of these these websites out there for like deodorant or you know whatever, like just things that seem like nobody could really be passionate about this, but here's this amazing website that makes you want to buy 60. It's corporate. Yeah, like if we had those kinds of resources, then we could create this kind of gateway that you, you mm-hmm. describe. Uh, yeah, everything that you wanted to know about line dancing, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah, something Dot com. Like exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ah, I'd love to see something like that. Well, let's see how we're doing on time. Uh, I guess, is there is there anything additional that you would like to to focus on or, or throw out to the people who have come this far in, in our conversational journey? Um, to look 
either yourself up or myself up and help us design this project that we're talking about putting together, or at least give us some brainstorming ideas and on how to take it to the next step. Yes, please. I would love to hear some some ideas. From creating that side a as local well. place to come dance that that then we can create into a franchise mm. that turns into this awesomeness that people go to mm -hmm. night after night that to get them out of their you know off the couch into the, onto the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned a franchise, and uh, I, I I would never want. I mean, they're, they're, I've got two conflicting things here where on the one hand, I want everyone to have their own chunk of the lion dance world. I would never want to just get so cutthroat about business stuff that, you know, if I open up a, a bar, it's going to drive the other place out of business because, you know, we did it across the street from them. I would keep, ideally, a respectful distance if I ever had the resources to start, you know, a, an ideal sort of place. I would want uh, you know the local place to exist, and I would want to also be an option, maybe two hours driving distance away, you know, for people to be served in that location. And on the other side of that, I don't want people to have a concept of line dance based on a, I guess, just to cut to the word bad venue. You know, I I wouldn't want people to say this is the place that we have; it's the only place that we have, and they're terrible and they hurt my knees when I dance there, and everyone's so mean and unfriendly, and this is line dance. If I have the option to go in and put a, an amazing place with the lights and the sound and the welcoming environment and the escape from reality and all the ideal aspects of line dance that we know are possible, if I could put that in that same town and people could go to that and say that's line dance, I wouldn't, want, I, I wouldn't be doing it out of meanness to the other business or trying to make them all poor and bankrupt uh, I would want to do it for line dance. I would want to support mm -hmm. what it, what we love more than I would worry about what the other outcomes would be. Because to allow those other bad practices to exist and turn people away from it, I, I feel like it's worth it to maybe butt heads a little bit and create a better experience for people. Or you buy the mountain, change the name, and turn it into yours. Aha! You could do that too. I didn't even thought about that. That's true. Maybe give them royalties just, you know, to appease them. <laughs> huh. All right. Well, yes, uh, as Jeff was saying, please, if you have any ideas, uh, you know where to send them. You know, le leave them in the comments of wherever this happens to be, if this is in podcast format when you hear about it or when it, when it goes up on YouTube, if, you, if you're listening to this there. Send us comments. Send us ideas. Um, if you're worried about, oh, well, he's going to take my idea and run away with it and make millions of dollars, I have a lot of things to do during the day. <laughs> I don't even have all of my IDs fully uh, developed yet, so you know, don't don't have any worries about that. Yeah, there'll there'll be plenty of work for everybody you know, <laughs> as far as improving the line dancing goes. Yeah, we'll bring you on board. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for for coming out for uh, for this round two. I think you're my very first round two, and I don't think anybody's even seen round one yet. So <laughs> for a lot of them, this is round one. This with, is round uh, one with yeah, the possibility of round round uh, one pre-round one coming in the future. Yeah, if we ever get that audio cleaned up, that would be great. All right, well, thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll send great. you off to, to lunch. And uh, for the rest of you, uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Sounds good.